Welcome to the Punters, mate, on SEN. Welcome to the Punters, mate, on this Friday, the 21st of April, 2023, wherever you are. Thanks for joining us nationally right across the SEN track network. As I say, a good afternoon to Sam Highland. Hello, Chris. Oh, uh, yeah, what a uh, – well, looking forward to the weekend. And uh, this is this is where it all starts, isn't it, up here in Brisbane? Uh, yeah. We've got some good racing going on and, and uh, yeah, the Mick Dippman. Uh, How good is that? weekend. It's an absolute beauty. And, and a jockey that uh, doesn't get enough credit for mine. Uh, he's an outstanding jockey. Champion jockey and so strong and uh, yeah he was just uh, well he was just a rock star and and you know when I I was lucky enough to uh, be riding when Mick Dittman was still riding and and you know when he walked in the room like I was just a young buck but when he walked in the room you were just like wow there's Mick Dittman and uh, yeah he just had a real presence about him and an outstanding jockey and amazing uh, money rider and. Uh, one of my favourite races is uh, Mahogany winning a, his first Lightning Stakes, and Mick Dittman rode him, and I can still remember the colour of his boots. He had sky blue tops on his boots, and <laughs> no one else, you know, everyone else sort of had that had the um the the, the regulation or or the or the red tops, and Mick Dittman had the sky blue tops on his, on his boots. He was just there, and came from back in the field, obviously. You know, Mahogany had won two derbies, yep. and uh, he's first up in the Lightning Stakes, settles back off them, came onto the course proper, and then Dipman's shoulders just started to come up, and he just pumped that horse, and then bang, bang, bang. When he when he picked the stick up and lifted one, he wow, did. we did. He lifted them over the line. How would he go? go? How would he go with the rip rules today? Oh well, he would have he would have adjusted them, I and he was just uh, he was just a super jockey, but. Uh, uh, yeah, I, 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 um, it, it's obviously, yeah, he'd have to be a, a completely different jockey to that was, that was one of his main strengths was exactly that. He was so strong and powerful. He could pick a horse up and, and just get it moving into the race and, and lift it. And, uh, uh, yeah, it's in- interesting, isn't it? It always comes up this, uh, this, uh, whip rules. I, I saw Steve Moran uh, on on Racing dot com during the week, and and uh, was I thought that was interesting. Um, he he was saying that if you talk to jockeys um, one on one, or basically he was saying you know uh, off the record that they don't need a, a whip for a, for a tool of safety. Uh, completely uh, disagree with that. Absolutely ridiculous ridiculous statement and. Uh, yeah, is for a jockey, you know, a, a whip is a really important tool to to have. And when uh, when you're fifty five kilos and the horse is five hundred kilos, uh, you, want you need s- everything you can get. Yeah, you want something to uh, if when things go wrong, uh, you want something up your sleeve. And uh, yeah, I I, I, uh, I thought that was a, a very interesting call. I thought it was outrageous actually. Well, we've got a great race in the Mick Dipman. Uh, the two booms, Chinny and Golden, plus uh, some others from interstate. It's going to be a cracker of a race, that last race. And then that f- Carnival doesn't officially kick off until next Saturday with the Victory Stakes. So uh, looking forward to that. Now, some news during the week, Sammy. Giga Kick possibly coming for the Doombin 10,000. 99.9% sure. That'll be a highlight. 
Yeah, well, it, um, he's a serious horse. Well done to Clayton Douglas and yeah. uh, uh, Rocket Douglas and and uh, Willow and Jonathan Munns. Uh, he's a he's a, a super horse, and yeah, Clayton does. Uh, he's a fantastic horseman. You know, it's not that long ago he was kicking around the picnics, Chris. You know, it's yep. it's a fantastic story, and obviously, the Douglas is a strong racing family. Uh, down on the Mornington Peninsula there, and and uh, yeah, it's it. I I, I just think it's hats off to well, him and good horse. He's a fantastic horseman, and uh, just shows you you get the opportunities. Uh, you can go to the top, and that's exactly what Clayton's doing. And uh, uh, yeah, all the best to him and and everybody involved with that horse. He is an absolute beauty. Well, if Giga Kick comes up, maybe we get Clayton have a chat with us on the show. Yeah, the day for before. sure, we will. Uh, the Quokka last week in at Ascot. That was a big day, wasn't it? That that was a huge, um, a huge result. Very successful. Um, ben Thompson, of course, wrote Uncommon James. Had no luck at all. Ben's going to join us later, so we'll ask him just exactly how exciting the day was. But just from the call and the atmosphere, you could hear in the background. I know a lot of the guys, the SEN track, Gareth and Miles, were there. Um, doing work for SEN Track, and it just seemed like a really good day, Sammy. Yeah, it's, uh, uh, I, you know, I, I touched on it last week. Um, you know, do, do we, do we, you know, the Karakata, obviously, it it has uh, a Group 2 race. It's a Group 2 race, and yep. it's, it's always been a really famous race over in Perth. It loses so much for this new slot race coming in, and... Uh, I, you know, I'm actually not sold on these slot races when, it, when you know, people come out and say, ah, oh, you know, that they attract a new audience. Do they? Do they really? I mean, it's all a bit of a beat up myself. But uh, <laughs> anyway, I'm, I'm a traditionalist and yes. I'm a bit old school, but uh, it's, but it's good that, it's good that uh, they got good crowd to the races and, and uh yeah, let's see how we're going six years down the track and we'll see if the same people that went to the Quokka last week will still be going to the Quokka next week, the mi- next, um, in the next six years. Miller tries winning the um, winning the Champagne Stakes gave Chris Waller the golden slipper of the Champagne. Of course, in the middle pin was the size. He looks good to me, Miller tries. I can't wait to see him in the spring in Melbourne. Yeah, you were all about him. You, yeah. you uh, Well, you, you said... Put your house on him. Put two houses on him. So, um, <laughs> so those people have now got that's, four. That's very confident, Chris. That is very confident. <laughs> I like him. Oh, I can't wait to see him in the uh, in the springtime. Tony Gollan chalked up his 100th Metro win last Saturday, Sammy, for the season. Now his record is 108. So I think he has got that covered. We've got yeah. about four months left. He's a jet, isn't he, he uh, is. Tony Gollan? And obviously, good friend of the show here. He's he always is. Uh, always uh, uh, comes on and and chats to us and. Yeah, he's just got he's got a good operation. Uh, it's very well run. He's got good people behind him, but uh, yeah, he's at the top of the train. He does a super job, and uh, another premiership uh, in the bag on the way, isn't it? Yeah, and I'm sure that uh, I'd say a big chance Tony joins us next Friday on the show. Garibaldi, I know he's a bit of a uh, favourite. He bled for the second time, so he's gone. Well, no more Garibaldi. Well. Uh, as you know, I tipped him yep. uh, last week, and uh, what do you I, think early I, in the straight? I always come in. I always come in <clears throat> with a tip for Pat Welsh on Friday mornings, and uh, and I said, Pat, g'day, Pat. Yeah, all the best for the weekend. And he says, What do you like? And I said, Well, I'm going to say it. The big G Garibaldi, and I said he is a complete sausage, but I reckon he will get the coin. Tomorrow and 
So he's got a valid excuse, and that's why he's, you know, uh, he's Boy, probably he's, a sausage. he's probably been bleeding all the way through, you know, yep. on you know to 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 on, on a small degree, but you know, obviously he popped uh, last week, and that's the end of it. So, but yeah, he's got a valid excuse, and and you see when in the straight when yeah. his head comes up in in the lap, that's obviously when he's yeah. feeling pain. Because he looked a chance there early in the oh, straight. I thought I thought this is all good. Yeah. This is all good. But when the pressure goes on. Uh, that's when they do it, isn't it? And, yeah. and uh, uh, but anyway, he'll uh, he'll go on to uh, live a good life somewhere. I'm sure uh, they'll, they'll the look camp, after him. The camp will find him uh, a nice home, and he, we might find him uh, excelling at uh, show jumping you down the know. track. Bailey Wheeler, five winners at the Gold Coast on the Poly Track last Saturday, plus a third from eight rides. Chris Anderson did tell us, Sammy, this young fella will be the leading apprentice in Queensland. Within uh, a year or so, he's got a pretty hard one to beat in Angela Jones. But uh, once he gets to town, we'll see what happens. But he's doing a great job. Five winners anywhere is, yeah. is a, a good effort. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, for, you know, he's got a lot of confidence about him and he's a really good talent. Actually, uh, I, I had a chat to Noel Cullo. Um, uh, he rings me from time to time. Uh, the Caldo, and he and he says, uh, and he and he said, uh, and I said, how'd you go on the weekend? He goes, yeah, I rode. I think he rode three and and Bailey rode five, five. and he said, "I tell you, he can ride that kid. He can ride." Yeah. And uh, yeah, so uh, when you when you've got Callo, uh who's been at the top of the tree and obviously Group One jockey, and uh, he he said he's a really good talent. So uh, good raps out there for Bailey Wheeler. Yes, uh, the Archer is next Sunday, Sammy. Looking forward to that at Rockhampton. Gee, this race has really got some uh, quality behind it. This final field. We own a smart one, Soxagon, Count to Beans, Star Tontes, Inver Park, Alpine Edge, Emerald Kingdom, last year's winner, Mautai, Namazu, Blazer Trail, Surf Dancer, and Vega One. So you've got a really good, you've got a couple of Group One winners in there. So that's a terrific field. We'll talk more about that next week. Uh, the Hollandale is two weeks tomorrow on the Sunshine Coast. I reckon that's going to be the biggest meeting the Sunshine Coast has ever had. Oh, well, you're, Quality wise. A, you're a local there. Oh, and, I can't uh, wait. And you have already got your suit out ready to go. <laughs> you, you've got you've got everything laid out on the bed ready for next I am week. Ready you to are go. that excited. All ironed up, ready to go. Zaki and Cascadian are both heading there. So there's a couple of uh, of highlights, and there'll be plenty of others as well. Uh, there's bonuses on offer. Hollandale Stakes is a bonus on offer should a horse win the Hollandale and back it up with a win in either the Doombin Cup or the Q22. So that's 200000 it's not a bad bonus, Sammy. So uh, there'll be a lot of trainers uh, looking at that. Now, on the show today, as I mentioned earlier, we will be chatting to Ben Thompson. That will be later on. In just a moment, we're going to have a chat to Peter Robel, who, of course, has relocated his stable to the Gold Coast, Sammy. Do you know Peter Robel? I know Peter Robel, uh, yeah, from from back in the days when uh, he was a uh, jockey in the Northeast. And it's a really interesting story, the Peter Robel. I'm really uh, glad that he's on today, and it'll be great to have a chat to him because... I haven't spoken to him for a long time, but uh, it uh, yeah, back in the day, uh, he uh, he used to be clean up around the northeast. And he did. I think he was a banana boy. Yep. And uh, yeah, there was uh, uh, a, a team of them that uh, that that used to sort of stick to that 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 area. And then he got the opportunity in Sydney and just went to the next level. And uh, he obviously. Uh, Reached good heights in Sydney and now uh, as a jockey and then uh, uh, now is a really successful trainer. Yeah, and uh, has ridden four Group 1 winners. Now, Queensland is racing. The action continues this week. 
right across the Sunshine State. Visit racingqueensland.com.au. Now, we are racing, of course, at Doombin tomorrow. We also race on the Gold Coast Poly Track. There's a picnic meeting at Dolby, uh, and we race at the Sunshine Coast on Sunday. No Toowoomba on uh, Saturday night, tomorrow night, this week. They are racing there next Wednesday. We are racing Monday at Townsville, and Tuesday, of course, we've got the big Anzac Day meeting at Bow Desert. Sammy, we're going to catch up now with Peter Robel. Looking forward to chatting to Peter, who's made the move. Another person to make the move north. <laughs> There's two Smart. in here. There's Smart. two in here. A couple of Mexicans, and now we're going to chat to another one. Uh, Peter, welcome to Queensland. How do we find you on this uh, this Friday afternoon? Yeah, no, um, happy to be on the show, and uh, everything's progressing nicely. Are you enjoying life uh, in the Sunshine State? Yeah, no, no, it's uh, been a good transition. I will admit everything moves a little bit slower here on the Gold Coast than it <laughs> does in Sydney, but um, it's probably more suitable to uh, my pace. <laughs> <laughs> well, you touch on that, uh, Pete, and, and uh, I just said to Chris um, uh, off air when he said, we're going to have Peter Robel on the show, and he said, do you know Peter? And I said, yep. I said, you know, back in the day, you'd go to the northeast and – it was like, uh, well, it was like the Northeast Mafia in the jockeys' room. There it was Brian Johns, Jeff Bamford, Snowy Matthews, Nick Sakai, Peter Robel, Brendan Ward. I mean, uh, you blokes all, all used to stick together, didn't you? Well, Sammy, it was like you know you you're coming into our pond trying to you know <laughs> take our tadpoles. So um, <laughs> you know we 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 had to uh, guard the gate, so to speak, but. <laughs> You're bringing up a couple of um, legendary names in that conversation. That's for sure. Going back a few years, it is, and that's that's where it all started for you, wasn't it? Really, I mean, that, those uh, couple of those old school jockeys there were were a big part of of you know uh, furnishing you into into being the person that you are in horse racing now. Yeah, well, Jeff Bamford was an influential part of my early stages. I started with Wayne Nichols at Benalla, and Jeff did. Uh, moved from um, Melbourne to a place called Batagini, which is only five minutes from Benalla, and um, he basically taught me to ride from the, the point where I couldn't ride at all um, to, to where I got to. So, And also, you know, you mentioned Brian Johns and a few of those other names that were uh, extremely helpful along the way. So as we all know in this world, you don't get anywhere without a helping hand, and we're forever grateful to those folks that took the time out to uh, teach us along the way. So let's go back further. Sammy mentioned that you might have been born in Benalla, is that right? I was actually born in Echuca. Echuca. And Echuca, which is only an hour and a half from Benalla, moved to Benalla when I was probably 10 or 11 and then um, met up with Wayne Nichols when I was about 15 and the rest is history. And what was the uh, what was that good horse that you rode for Wayne Nichols? Um, he won a good race at Caulfield, I reckon. I, I, yeah, I, I, simple as that. He was called. He won the Victoria Handicap. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and, I, and I, then I, went around third in the Goodwood. And that was like your 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 first um, you know significant win in Melbourne, was it? And and uh, and Wayne Nichols, he he was very loyal to you. Yeah, no, look, we're good mates still to this day. So, um, you know. That's been in some 35 years, and 
we're still extremely good friends until this day and he was extremely loyal and um you know i'll be grateful to him for the opportunities he gave me as, as a young kid and there was a privy gold all simple as that he kind of he goes to ride in a race he's done his own thing and uh it's honest the day comes and he's one of them you know you don't see those sort of horses anymore i think he might, he might have won you know 10 11 12 races which you don't see horses do that anymore and um yeah, no, he's a terrific old horse, that's for sure. Peter, did you always want to be a jockey? No, I never wanted to be a jockey um, at all. Like, got no family members involved in the racing industry. Uh, when I started working for Wayne, it was probably more so uh, earning a bit of pocket money, getting out of school, um, <laughs> as you do Any when excuse? you're a 15-year-old kid. And, <laughs> Yeah, you know, and um, like I just started there before before school and um, on weekends, earn a bit of money, and um, then he he um, asked me, did I want to learn to ride? Which even at that point, no, I didn't really want to be a jockey. Well, not that I didn't want to be a jockey, but it was never something that I was brought up to think about. And then you know, I just naturally thought it was a good way to get out of. Um, school at the time and earn a couple of dollars and one thing led to another and here we are. Yeah, and you found your way to Sydney after that or down the track a little? Yeah, look, it was probably I rode. I rode, um, you know, around Benalla, the southern districts, Wagga and Albury and all in until I was about 34, I think. And um, Clary Connors, he was influential in uh, getting me to move to Sydney and it was probably a case of um, going at the right time because he was probably at me for 12 months to, to go to Sydney. And I was riding 150 winners a year. I really had no ambition to go to Sydney. Uh, it was never on my radar because, A, I didn't have to ride work. B, I was riding plenty of winners. So, you know, I was 34. It was kind of something, you know, that wasn't on my radar. And he eventually wore me down and talked me into it, as Clary can do. <laughs> I happened to get there, and I reckon it was a month before EI hit. Oh. And then EI hit, and I was kind of, I was stuck. I was only going for three months, and I was kind of stuck. And then by the time EI had finished, I'd semi-established myself in Sydney. I was riding winners, and I elected to stay. So EI probably done me a favour in the long run as much as... Uh, yeah, you know, it was a terrible thing. It actually done me a favour. How hard was it to adapt uh, leaving the country and going to the city? Uh, look, I didn't. I didn't find it too bad. I um, adapted not too bad. Like the racing was different. You know, they were a lot more. Um, um, you know, they raced it. You know, a lot tighter and more aggressive than what they did in the country. Um, the lifestyle I adapted adapted quite quickly to the lifestyle simply because I was lucky when I got there I was riding most days so I wasn't you know I wasn't around standing around threading water getting bored I was probably riding four to five days a week when I moved up there yep and um so that kept me as busy as um probably more busy than what I was before I went so that certainly helped in um adapting to the the, the city lifestyle and the city racing and you were somebody that, uh, you know, I, I guess when life is like that, it's, uh, 
yeah, you're somebody that was struggled with your weight um, as as a jockey. So the more rides you were getting and the the busier you kept, it was uh, it kept you away from the fridge, Pete. <laughs> yeah, well, the easier it become, you know, if you were if you were constantly riding, you know, four to five days a week, um, you didn't have those two or three days in between race meetings where you know you could eat and just lay on the couch and do nothing. So you're constantly um, keeping an eye on your weight and actually become a lot easier for me when I did go to Sydney as to when I was um, in the country as I was only riding two or three days a week, mainly, you know, Friday to Monday and then during the week was I wasn't really riding. So it actually become an easier exercise looking after me weight once I went to the city than what it was before I went. I would say, Sammy, looking at Peter now, I don't think he'd have any problems with his weight even back in those days. I mean, I don't think I've seen you any different than you've always been when I see you on TV, Pete. No, I used to walk around. Like, I, I was trying to ride the minimum. I'd yep. walk around 54 and a half sort of thing. But back in that day, you know, the minimum, I think, a lot of the places was 52 and then, then it got to 53. Um, so I was riding the minimums. And um, so it was always, you know, something you had to watch. But... I wasn't um, them heavyweight jockeys that had to lose, you know, five pound race morning to to ride fifty six sort of thing. Yeah. So I was lucky in that sense. Well, tell us about the move up here. What's prompted that? Look, I, I had a good friend of mine and a client, um, Ross Lau from Upper Bloodstock, sat down. Um, I've trained for, for their company for quite a few years now. Um, he has he he lives overseas in Macau and has a residence here on the Gold Coast and he approached me about 12 months ago that he'd like to get involved more so on the racing side of things and he was looking to buy a stable up the Gold Coast and just wanted to um, get my opinion on whether I'd be interested in actually moving up if um, they come to fruition and um, I said to him, yeah, you know, if he was going to go down the road of investing in a stable complex, I'd more than happily move up to the Gold Coast. And the main the main factor of that was that uh, my wife, Elaine, and I, we have one daughter who's nearly 19. And naturally, we have no family in Sydney at all. All our family's back at Wangaratta and Benalla. Mm. So we didn't have any family ties. Our daughter, she's off doing her own thing, um, as they do once, once they uh, fly the coop, so to speak. <laughs> so we kind of had no... No ties in Sydney in that sense. So I, I said to my wife, well, if um, Ross does happen to end up by, buying a stable complex up the Gold Coast, we'll, uh, we'll move up. And she, she was happy to do so. And um, that was probably, yeah, close to 12 months ago. And um, he ended up buying John Morrissey's barns up here, two of his three barns, and um, moved up about, I think, a month, five weeks ago. Now, they say happy wife, happy life. Is she happy up here so far? Oh, I don't know. I don't talk to her, mate, but she seems happy. So, yeah, no. You'd hear about it if she wasn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd hear about it if she wasn't. But, look, she, she she seems quite happy. Naturally, I think she's missing the daughter a little bit, Yeah. Um, as we both are. But um, apart from that, I think she um, seems quite happy with the move we've made. Now, you've only got one ride or one runner, should I say, over the weekend, and that's at the Sunshine Coast on Sunday. Spicy Legend, who was narrowly beaten last start, goes around in race number one. Can you give us a bit of a push? I, I, I think he'll be winning. Um, 
I thought the other day he's probably a victim of, of a small field where he led, and I just thought in a couple of vital stages in that run, run he, he lost concentration and um, lacked a bit of experience. So hence the reason I've dropped him back to the 1,200. He should just land probably third or fourth just behind the speed and hopefully, you know, with a couple of horses in front of him, that'll uh, get him to concentrate more, more at hand on what he's doing. And um, he's improved nicely out of his first up run, and I think he'll go, go there and be extremely hard to beat. All right, well, we'll take that tip on board. Peter, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. We really appreciate your time. I know that we will be talking to you again down the track because you're going to have a lot of success in Queensland. Mad if you don't. It's been <laughs> enjoyable. Good on you, Peter. Thanks so much for your time. Uh, thanks, boys. Thank you. Peter Robe will join us there, Sammy, and I'm sure, 100% sure, we'll be talking to Peter again, as I mentioned, uh, in the not-too-distant future. Just before we go for a break, really quickly, Sammy, shout-out to Montana Philpot, who had been off the scene with some horrendous injuries for the last year. Things just went from bad to worse. She rode three winners at Rockhampton yesterday. So great Fantastic. to see you from Montana. And I was on one of them too. Well, there you uh, go. You'd be even happier with her. Bo, Bo, whatever. Bo. Zam. Yeah, no, it wasn't Bo Zam, <laughs> but it was. Uh, and I, I actually thought halfway up the straight, we're in a sticky spot here. But uh, she got it out and away it went. And uh, yeah, I was happy with that. So. Uh, well done, Montana. Yeah, well done indeed to Montana. We'll go for a break and we'll come back and have a chat to Ben Thompson. This is The Punters, Mate, on SEN. Welcome back to The Punters, Mate, on this Friday, the 21st of April 2023. You're with Chris Nelson and Sam Highland. Queensland is racing. The action continues this week right across the Sunshine State. Visit racingqueensland.com. .au, and we are joined now, Sammy, by globetrotting jockey Ben Thompson. Ben, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Chris. When I say globetrotting, I mean in Australia. So <laughs> it's not quite the world yet, but it's only a matter of time. First thing we have to do, Ben, is congratulate you and Steph on the uh, the pending or impending, pending is the right word, isn't it? Arrival of your first baby, which is not too far away. I think I read somewhere that Steph's halfway through her pregnancy at the moment. Yeah, no, thank you very much. She is. She's, get, oh, she's getting closer to halfway, so she's, um, yeah, 17 weeks today uh, she is. So uh, almost at the 20-week mark, but, no, things are going well. She's, yeah, well, now she's getting used to, if she's say, being on the sidelines. Um, and still, she, it, it, it's been a whole new challenge in itself, given she's she's been used to 3 a.m. starts since she was, um, I think, Oh, about 14, still going to school, and or maybe even 13, doing the horses beforehand. Yep. Um, and then riding, you know, being a jockey since leaving school, since finishing school. So it's um, a whole new challenge, not only with what's going on, you know, physically, but mentally as well, just finding a routine. But hey, she's enjoying it, making up, you know, for things that she usually couldn't do, um, and no, all's going well. So it's just a counting down now. Uh, and a, a little birdie did tell me that she's not lying around doing nothing. She was out strapping for a dad at the races earlier this week. It's correct. She was at the trials at, at Deegan yes. before going to Warwick on Tuesdays. Uh, her father, yep. Glenn, had six horse trial there, so it was all hands on deck, and she went straight from Deegan to Warwick races to saddle up a horse at Glenn's in um, 
in race two there, and he was going later in the day with another runner. So uh, he's been keeping it busy, and it's probably lucky <laughs> that we live closer to Brisbane and not the Gold Coast, and Glenn and David are doing more uh, errands more often. But uh, no, she's on the tools again, you could say. Uh, Doombin, Glenn has applications and a ton of delight in, so she'll be helping him there, and she's also strapping Chinny Boom later in the day for, for oh, Quinn Taylor. That she, yeah, she, she didn't really get a choice there. She strapped her last time, and... Um, uh, yeah, help get her across the line. So hopefully, lightning can strike twice. It's the beauty of Ben Thompson, Chris. That you know he can ride your horse, but he can also come armed with a strapper as well. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> He's got it all covered, hasn't he? Yeah, it might, might have to be a new pitch. But, um, <laughs> it's a package deal. Yeah, so, <laughs> yes, yeah. She, she don't don't worry though. She takes a lot of credit when after you know the horse winning and <laughs> and there was a couple of horses I'd I'd won on recently that. Uh, of Tony Gollins that, she, that would that were her ride. She's been oh. either trialling them or or yeah. had ridden them the start before. So hey, don't worry. She yeah, she does take plenty of the credit and a reminder that it's okay. It goes to the same bank account. So <laughs> no, it's good. <laughs> now uh, we were talking earlier about the Quokka, and of course you were over in Perth riding uh, Uncommon James last uh, Saturday in the Quokka. The atmosphere. Um, I picked up through the the call and the uh, the noise on the radio. It seemed to be a, a really big occasion. Yeah, it sure was. Um, again, you're so lucky to, to be a part of it. And it was just a great success for racing and wagering WA. It was um, it was cold leading up to it, or cold for Perth standards. Um, but the, the weather really turned it on for the day. Uh, the crowd exceeded expectations from what I hear. And, and, yeah, it was just such an exciting race and event to be a part of. And not only for myself, but... Um, just speaking to almost like the owner of owners of Uncommon James being Caitlin Hoisted and her parents, um, Peter and Tony Lavin. It was just, it was really exciting and they had a great week leading up to it and just the build up, it was, it was felt all around. So um, I'm sure it's going to be the, the start of big things, uh, the quacker and uh, just slot racing. It's, it's, it's awesome. Um, and just the way the race was run, hey, it was, one by a leader and the biggest run of the race come from last. So yeah. it was forced on the day one. And um, no, hopefully I can get an opportunity in a race in that race again. And how did he pull up Uncommon James? All, all okay? Yeah, from all reports, he's come through well. Um, hey, he, he had a great prep. He had four yeah. runs across three states and I guess four, four states if you go off uh, a jump out that he had as well. Um, but he sees uh, four starts, a win in two seconds, a win at Group One level, and a play, two both two placings at Group Two and Group One level. So he's done a super job, and it was you know it was, he's finished eighth, but he was beaten two point one. If we we draw lower, you know, cover less ground, and he naturally finishes closer. But I, he just felt to be maybe a touch jaded from not only racing it at the highest level, but um, the travelling too. And he just may have I just felt him sprint better than he did on on. Um, Saturday, and again, that's taking nothing away from the seven that beat him home. He just he, they they were just better on the day. Now, uh, before we speak about most of your rides tomorrow, the first one I just wanted to chat about Chinny Boom, who you mentioned earlier. Uh, she's a ripper. That that last start win, did you think? Oh God, it's not panning out the way I wanted to. Uh, I wanted it to here. I had to go back to the fence and and ride for luck. You got that luck, but gee, she's she's game, isn't she? Oh yeah, she's um. She's a serious filly, Chris. She's obviously a, the figures and 
like it's and results as if everybody to see before she um, headed south from Rockhampton. But uh, God, she's she's stepped up and you know uh, kept her name up in lights for good reason. She she I was I was wrapped with the other race panned out uh, for the first three quarters of it or two thirds should I say, and then sort of approaching the straight, I felt it'd be going better than Goblin De Quo and. Uh, had nearly, a, I'd say, near a head advantage on it. I went to peel into the clear and Licker and um, Licker got away from the fence and took Flaming Conquest out with it, which have rolled in front of me. And I think me shifting out uh, with Tuny Boom, it seemed to spur Goblin to call on, who ended up kicking and he ran third himself. But to, to switch to the inside, I think in any race, let alone over a 1,000 metres against six quality horses, um Really, you know, and to, and to win, I think still with authority, she won by a length. Like horses, they just don't win like that. So she's um she's a beauty, and yeah, I'm very lucky to be riding her. Uh, ben, you've got good booker rides on Saturday at Doomben. The first race, uh, North of Eli from the Good Gate of Pole Position. Yeah, he um third up he is today. He was a really good run um, first up this prep, but. Ipswich over a half mile. He uh, took up the race that day and he ran really well. Like it, he felt the sort of horse that'd be better as he got over further. And then he consequently, when he second up, he's won over eleven hundred at Grafton and done it good. He took a sit that day. Um, that was his third start too. So as you know, Sam, there's, there's nothing like race experience for these horses. It'll be he's now start. It'll be start four today. And even like Matt Dunny's. One thing that the Matt Dunn's able to do is place the horses very well, and he raced his horse in a, um, a feature race, the Max Lee's Classic, on debut. So that sort of gave me enough confidence in itself before first sitting on him, and looking forward to taking the ride on him again tomorrow. Hey, it, it looks a good race, and particularly I think our biggest stage is probably the stable mate, Oceans of Energy. But um, good race, drawing the pole though, which is always an advantage, and he'll uh, make his own luck. Uh, race number two, you're riding Agnelli for Chris Wallow. You've got a sticky gate to contend with there, Ben? Yeah, for sure. He's out of 15 of 15. Um, uh, but, hey, he's, he's got 54 kilos, which is a good push. He takes on a very similar field to um, his last start. He was, like, he travelled in a beautiful spot, um, and he just, he was, he was travelling leaders back, and, uh, those two horses took him nowhere, the leader and or the horse sitting second, and um, just sort of was held up. I just, just needed it for a bit more room at a vital stage, but he couldn't be in obviously couldn't be in, in better hands than that of Chris Wallers. Um, a couple of new additions to the race with horses stepping up from a mile applications, which is a good addition because he always, you know, he, he runs his races at a good, good, genuine clip. So hopefully we can negotiate the barrier. We're in a nice spot after 400 metres. You'd, you'd expect him to be there in the finish. Uh, race three, Deep Seaver for Tony and Maddie Sears. Yeah, also third up. This is her first prep with the Sears camp. Her first start was just a run to forget. Um, she just raced too fresh from a wide draw that day and even she hasn't been um, favoured by barriers the whole way through but at least like scratchings bring her in to single figures now she was jumping from 11 of 11 and yeah, she's come in but I think like kept it up to the mile the big tick uh, she enjoys racing at Doombin uh, and third up she has done things much in a much better way second up she was beaten oh, just over two lengths and thought she raced that day too like she was going to be fitter for that so 
the mile tempo will be kinder to her. She's a, an on-speed runner, and I'm sure will be up in the thicker things for majority of the way. And hopefully, we're seeing um, her sort of put her best forward uh, today. Uh, sweet Margot May, I love this mare, Ben. I, I keep tipping her, and she keeps doing the right thing. And I'm not jumping off. She was terrific first up. Oh, she sure was. Uh, it's a, a solid, solid group of fillies and mares. Um, she, well, we gave the leader being Isotope and the horse to beat that day. Uh, probably near on five lengths, straightening up, and just the way she travelled out of the turn, there were sort of horses looked to get out wide on the point of the turn and. I've sort of stayed low and just, God, she, God, she accelerated. We just felt to have so yeah. much force underneath me and went accelerated. Yeah, she went bang. She um, was doing her best work through the line. Beat, as I say, beat a really good group of horses, but it's, it was no surprise. Like she's, she's got really good form, great fresh form. Like that made it four from four wins uh, first up. Second up, she hasn't won, but she was a really, really good second behind grade defence, second up last prep at Doom. And so a couple of things that I do like, I like that she's kept fresh. Yep. Um, seems to run her best race, obviously first up. And I'm a big, yeah, big fan of the five weeks between runs and kept at the 11-10. She obviously it was basically stakes quality, that race. Well, Isotope's a group two winner. Um, still takes on good horses tomorrow, but just benchmark 90. Comes in much better on weights. Today than she did last time, and if she replicates her, her run first up, she's it's going to take a, a very very good performance to, to beat her. I think. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I hope she wins. Um, Sammy, you want to go next? Aussie Nugget race uh, race six. Yeah, he's first up. Obviously, a horse that his best forms past a mile. He ran second in the Toowoomba Cup, second in the Quality Race at um, Sunny Coast later in the prep behind Hale Manhattan, and he finished second to Linthorpe Ladd, who had a really good prep, um, you know, last spring. So good form around him. Uh, like the 1350s can naturally be a touch sharp, but as they go along at a strong clip, and I will say his trial last Tuesday at Doom, but in an open heat, he's finished, I think it's finished at the tail, or he might have been one horse home, but even there was Palacepan, um, uh, King Kappa, these other nice horses up making the play and giving a solid hit out. I thought that was probably as good as he could have trialled for a horse that's going to get to a mile and then out, probably out to 2,000 metres again. So um, I think if, the, if the, they go along with a strong gallop, he could be, he'll be running on really strong. There's no doubt about that. He's just going to need uh, conditions to suit to finish um, in our best position. All righty. Now, Ben, we'll, 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 we'll um, cut it there. We've got a couple of other rides, Whisker to Whisker and London Banker, but we have kept you for long enough and we're running out of time. So I'll just quickly ask you, Chinny Boom, your best ride for the day, do you think? Or is it Sweet Margot May? Yeah. Oh, I'd say definitely those two. I'm obviously fortunate to go there with a nice book of rides, but they're definitely my, my nice two rides. It's, it's such a strong race again, Chinny Boom, and such an exciting race. I think it's great that it's last race of the day and it's going to I think there's going to be a lot of anticipation leading up to it. So uh, she's taken on hey, such a good field. Um, Lady Laguna has went super in Sydney mm. uh, and, and very, very fit, spiritualised, golden boom, end assembly. Uh, hey, I wouldn't swap her for anything in the race, but she's going to have to bring her best. So nonetheless, looking forward to it. Ben, thanks for joining us uh, this afternoon. Best of luck on the weekend. And we won't speak to you before next weekend, so good luck there too, and especially at Rockhampton on Sunday in the uh, 
in the big race there, the Archie. You're riding uh, Vega 1 for Tony Gollan. So all the best tomorrow and next week, and we'll catch up with you soon. Thank you very much, Chris. Thanks, Sam. No worries. Ben Thompson joining us there, as he often does. Very good with his time is Ben. Uh, now, Sammy, Aquas, Queensland best and largest stallion facility and home to Group 1 sprinting sensation, Pierre Arta. On the Gold Coast, in the sunshine, a holiday paradise. Sammy, that tells us that Gibbo's on the line. Blair Gibson from brizzyracers.com.au. Gibbo, who gave us three tips last week, and two of them won. No more red at the coast, and Antino at Eagle Farm. So he is on fire as per usual. Gibbo, good afternoon. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Good afternoon, Australia. You're right, we are, and we are right across the country. So you are going national 100%. here, yeah, national, hundred percent, national drive time show. Who would ever have thought? <laughs> All righty, keep those winners three going. Clowns. Yes, <laughs> two flogs, three clowns. <laughs> Far away. All right, a couple of the Gold Coast. I'm going to start race three, number four, Grandeur Rose for Stacey Kelly. Looks a two horse race with Ralphie and. Just think there's a little query on Ralphie from the, on the synthetic, but they did ride him upside down last time. But leaning Grandier Rose race three, um, and yep. then I'm going to skip over. I'm going to skip over then to race five, number one, Dickensian. Um I did say this yesterday on the show. Did, did uh, sounds like something my wife calls me. Um, <laughs> Similar, <laughs> uh, but look, but it was uh, look had been really consistent. Bolted in here one day, and then last start uh, just. Or recovery, so you just got to forgive consistent horses. One bad one, I think it'll go to the front for the apprentice, and I don't think they'll catch it. Dickensian. All right, so Gold um, Coast. I'll go, sorry, race three, number four, yep. Grandeur Rose. Race five, number one, Dickensian. Yeah, and then two I like at value. Um, Doombin, I love Doombin Big Fields. Um, staying away from sort of the favourites in race two, number three, I think it is Iowa. Yep. Um, did open fourteen um, into about eight dollars and. 280 or something now, but just want to go away from the local form. They seem to take it in turns. I think this one is in a very good stable with a bit of upside, so Iowa can run a race at, at decent odds. Yep. And race seven, number seven, uh, Miss Flamberge, around $14, I think, and $4 a place. Just another one that I just think really even race. I, I like the Sergeant Camp, I think, set to peak here, fourth up. Probably gets a run midfield or just worse with cover. Bit of speed up front. I just think everything pans out for it to run well. And at that price, I think we just have something on it at 14 and fours anyway. All right. So Doombin race two, number three, Iowa. Race seven, number seven, Miss Flamberge. What are you really gambling with for free and confidential support? Visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Gibbo, uh, Two Flogs podcast. Get on your uh, platform. Have a listen to it. Any highlights this week before we let you go? Uh, the whole camp was full of COVID. So that's uh, oh. one bloke actually tests test, test on air as a joke and comes up positive. The one that was <laughs> that's clean. a new one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. So it's a bit all over the shop this week, I can tell you. Well, that usually uh, makes for good listening. Exactly. Unscripted. Exactly. Gibbo, thanks. Have a great weekend. All the best for tomorrow on the punt. Thanks, everyone. Good luck, boys. Thanks, Gibbo. Gibbo joining us there. Sammy, give me your best bet for the weekend. Uh, best for the weekend, I think, uh, 
Doombin, race four, number 10, Bo Rumble. Ooh. I like it. Yeah, I like Bo Rumble there for the Heinrich camp. Sammy Collett needs a little bit of luck from the gate, but I reckon it'll be hard to beat. And in the Giddings at uh, Mornington, I like race six, number one, Elkington Road. Uh, Tip this horse, and I've backed this horse a few times. I reckon he's got good ability. Any rain uh, would be just a bonus. It'd be beautiful. All right, I'm going with race three, number five, Al Burke at Doombin. Uh, with Spangler out, I think that uh, paves the way for Al Burke to win second up. He was good a couple of weeks ago. And that horse you mentioned with Ben earlier, race five, number 12, Sweet Margot May. She is an absolute ripper, Mare. I think she'll be winning again, uh, Sweet Margot May. The last race, we mentioned the Mick Dittman played, how good it is. Uh, I had Lady Laguna on top because she does bring the best form. But there's that sneaky one there that I always ask Tony Golan about, Sammy, Bazique. Right down near the bottom. She resumed. I think, well, she beat Golden Boom in a trial. I thought she trialed better than Golden Boom, but she just draws a little awkwardly. But at 16 odd dollars, I reckon she must be some sort of chance. And she's worth having a, a couple of dollars on uh, each way at that particular price. Now, remember, what are you really gambling with for free and confidential support? Visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. How long have we got left to go, Maddie? Three minutes. Seconds. Seconds. 30. <laughs> 30 seconds. Well, I was going to bring something up, but I won't now, so I'll leave it till next week. Sammy, uh, good luck over the weekend. You're working on trackside I am. Saturday? Uh, Sunday. 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 Uh, but, uh, yeah, we'll be uh, we'll be all over Dabble on Saturday afternoon. Dabble, I so like that word. That's have, a new one. Having a go there at Dabble. At Dabble. Well, you'll be betting on uh, the Sunny Coast. There's a good meeting. There's 10 races at the Sunny Coast on Sunday. Beautiful. That'll keep you busy. So enjoy your dabble, everyone out there. Hope you have a great weekend. Good luck on the punt. Make sure you join us next week. Same time, same place for the punters, mate, on SEN Track.